Welcome to Help You Help Me, the podcast where I ask you, the listener, for advice on my everyday life. And in return, I'll give you some advice on yours. That is if you have questions for moi. My name is Eddie. The podcast email is helpyouhelpmepod at gmail.com. On Twitter is H-Y-H-M underscore pod. And Vero on Instagram, H-Y-H-M or Help You Help Me podcast or something. You can find me. I'm there. Um, thank you for listening to this uh, show again this week. You guys are amazing and awesome and all the best to you. Happy Black History Month. We have made it to Black History Month 2019, which I feel like may be the most important Black History Month yet. Um, of course, you cannot take away the accomplishments and contributions that um, the forefathers and foremothers of, 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 you know, the black liberation movement and that sort of thing have laid in front of us. And also just the accomplishments of, of black people to society. Uh, those, those things have always been, those things are now forever cemented into history. So I would like to give a quick shout out to uh, basically the entire ancestry of Blackhood. Thank you so much for everything that you have contributed uh, to uh, us as a people and to your legacy. Um, also, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Cory Booker. Uh, you did that, bruh. <laughs> You just go and be black as hell and live in a black ass neighborhood and then uh, and then announce your candidacy for president uh, of the United States of America on the first day of Black History Month. Cory Booker, that is how you do it. Um, And the ad was super classy and he had just kind of a small rally uh, in his neighborhood outside of his house in, in New Jersey and. And uh, I, I, you know, much, much, much love and props to Cam- to Kamala Harris uh, for her humongous rally that she had in Compton. And again, and again, Kamala Harris, come on, announcing her presidency in Compton, the, the whole hood came through, like, now I just need the whole hood to come through, you know, when it's time to, when it's time to vote, you know? Um, we're unstoppable (laughs) as a people. And even though we have, you know, the shortest month of the year to celebrate our accomplishments and our contributions and, um, our, you know, our, our creative endeavors, uh, our political and business endeavors, that doesn't take away from... Um, the greatness of what we have endured, uh, the, or the greatness of the success in the face of what we have endured and 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 fought through and for um, in this in these United States of America, and when people say "Make America Great Again," I I wonder um, if they just need you know, a new version of an air conditioner or a traffic light or, you know, (laughs) 
Like we create, like black people created that shit, man. Like a black person, like black, uh, it's individually, black people were uh, in the face of all the things that we had to fight through. We still created AC for y'all bum asses and we still created traffic lights. So y'all, you know, dumb ass kids don't get hit by cars. You're fucking welcome. You're very welcome for it. Anyway. Uh, in this show, I am going to do my best to, uh, instead of, oh, no, 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 We still need to do an I don't know her. We need to do an I don't know her for a certain Virginia governor who does it, who just figured out <laughs> sometime in his whatever age he is now that blackface was not a good idea. And no one has any excuses anymore. No one has any fucking excuses anymore. So we'll talk about that. Also, um, just a, a couple of quick um, highlights of, you know, at the end of the show, I'm going to highlight some uh, remarkable black people, um, black Americans, and what we have accomplished. Some of these you already know, uh, and some of them I'm honestly just going to Google. So there's that. Um, also, uh, hear me out. Because I did listen to the Backstreet Boys' new album. And I got some things to say. Um, watch this. Listen. Um, we'll talk about some stuff. We'll talk about some stuff. And in the meantime, I'm going to take a quick break. Um, I'm going to get some water. I'm going to get some marijuanas. And I will be right back. Just always assume that there's going to be Yahoo's answers, questions, answers, even if I don't say at the top of the show. I mean, what else am I going to do? Uh, First, my boyfriend is too rough in bed. Uh, Though I have complained, what should I do? Um, I dream about uh, making him love me. Wait, what? Sorry. I dream about him making love to me in a sweet, slow way. He's always really rough, although sometimes... He starts slowly and gently and turns different during. Um, I don't know what to tell you, dude. Like, I, you guys, you guys probably shouldn't uh, continue having sex. You should probably break up with them. If if you guys like liking your sex in a different way than the person who you're having sex with is a uh, massive, massive deal and is also a red flag. And if he likes it rough and you do not like it rough, then you're going to have to kind of either <clears throat> figure out a way to work with it, like figure out a way to be more, uh, dom- more dominant or more domineering or more of a top so that you have more, a little bit more control over the situation or um, insist verbally Tell him, insist that uh, he not do that every time you guys have sex. Um, or break, break up. Like, it, it, it doesn't sound like it sounds like he wants to have sex. It sounds like he wants to fuck. And it sounds like you want to make love. And you guys are on two different planes. And that's not something... Um, that's not something that you should be uh, that you should have to deal with every day, day in and day out, with the person who 
um, that you are who who you're in love with, and and he if he's not willing to listen to you and to take a different approach when it comes to your sex life, then um, break up with him. There's nothing wrong with what he wants. There's nothing wrong with what you want. But there's two. Next question. My friend and I uh, both work at the same place, and I offered to pick up her paycheck. She declined. What's up with that? Okay. A friend of mine and I both work at the same place, and there was a direct deposit problem, and we were given uh, printed checks. That happens um, quite often, actually. For those of you who can get direct deposit, I'm not one of those people. So, um, hi, True Leaf. Uh she stopped by to pick up mine to or to pick mine up, and I knew that she wouldn't want hers. Uh, also, and I offered to pick it up for her. The company called her and said, "Would you like her to pick up your paycheck?" And then she said, "No, thanks. I'll come and get. I'll, I'll come and get it when I'm over there. I'm coming over there anyway." Uh, my feelings are a bit hurt because I offered to do this to help her out. Um, she has picked up my kids numerous times and brought them home and helped me out when I wanted to return the favor. Um, and, oh, help me out. And I wanted to return the favor. I am asking myself, why did I even offer? Because now I hope the company thinks that she doesn't trust me because now I hope the company thinks that she doesn't trust me. What? The ringer. I, I, I kind of get that. You, you didn't proofread this. That's okay. I'm extremely trustworthy and reliable, so this kind of bothers me. Um, you know, it's not. You know, it's not like they would give me her check without putting it in a sealed envelope. Just feeling kind of hurt because I was trying to do something nice. Um, well, um, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, and there's plenty of people in the world who would have gone to pick up her, her check. And then gotten all in her business, like her, how much is she making? Like, you know, if she has a 401k, um, what the insurance, or she's paying an insurance, all this sort of thing. Um, it's okay that you allowed her to pick up your paycheck there. It's okay that you have that trust with her, but it's also okay. Okay. That she doesn't have that trust with you or anybody else. And, I, I can see particularly if she's a single mother, why she's so protective over her finances and what the, and the money, you know what I mean? Like if she's a single mother and you know, the rent's got to get paid and food's got to get on the table and God forbid you get into a car accident and her paycheck burns up. <laughs> like that's a real, that is a real thing. That's a real thing. And depending on where you guys live in the country, depending on what job you guys have, maybe you guys are both government workers and, um, you know, you've been shut down for a long time and this is that first paycheck and she don't want, she, and she's like, no, if that something happens to that paycheck, I'd rather it happen in my care. And, and that way I am responsible for it rather than something happen to it in your care and me resent you and us not be friends anymore. So if I were you, I'd be grateful that she, that she didn't want to put that responsibility on you to grab her paycheck because, let me tell you something, there's very few things that I would trust people with in my life and my paycheck is not one of those things. <laughs> Fuck that. No, you can't pick up my paycheck. I will come get my paycheck. I will take two buses to my job to go pick up my paycheck and then come back home or wherever. But I would rather if anything happened to it that it happened in my hands than someone else's. So um, that's real. That's real. I, I, I don't think your friend was wrong at all. 
Next question. Um, what is the best advice you've, well, the best love advice you've been given? Um, I can honestly say that I've never been given love advice from anyone. <laughs> it's true. Um, there's a couple of reasons for that. Well, first uh, and foremost, um, I uh, did not grow up in a space and time and um, with parents who understood uh, then or now um, love from the perspective of a gay man. So we just never talked about it. And so there's a lot of things about love, a lot of things about um, heartbreak and being cheated on and uh, being, you know, verbally and mentally abused and being um, in one case physically abused. But um, definitely... Um, I've taken a lot of the kind of the beatings and the, and, and, and the, it, it, that come along with love without being adequately prepared for them. So, uh, no, no one's ever really given me love advice, which is why I'm super bad at it. <laughs> um, I, and two, I, I tend to be the peop- the person that people come to for relationship advice in a lot of ways. And so, um, and I used to be a lot more thoughtful about it. Um, but I, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't get love advice from people. I'm not currently in love, nor do I see myself uh, being in love. Um, and, in in whatever that means, um, I, I'm not hurt by it. I don't think it makes me, uh, uh um, deficient in any sort of way. I don't think it makes me, um, um, uh, you know, emotionally closed off or anything. I, I just, it just, it's not just, it's just not something that's ever come up. So, um, <laughs> uh, as far as love goes, um, I tend to, um, you know, uh, figure that, that shit out on my own. And, uh, it, it's, it's come to some emotional and in some ways physical detriment, but not so much that, uh, it, it's, it's just been lessons not necessarily, uh, I, I've never necessarily been in any danger, <laughs> um, like in, in, in it, it, lately, um, I've gotten myself out of some pretty bad situations without, you know, counsel or advice, but sometimes you got to do that. Um, I, I think that also stems from the fact that if you're going to talk to your queer kids about love, even if you don't really agree with their lifestyle or you refer to uh, being homosexual or trans uh, as a lifestyle, <laughs> Cause it's not, it's not guys. Being gay is not a lifestyle. Being gay is a, is your, it describes your sexual orientation. Being trans describes your gender identity. Uh, being bisexual or lesbian describes a uh, sexual preference or a se- not sexual preference, but like a, a your, your, who, who you are it, 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 as far as your sexuality goes. Um, but you cannot 
approach subjects of love and sex the same way with um, young uh, LGBTQIA uh, people the same way that you do with uh, cisgendered uh, straight teenagers. Uh, because love looks different <laughs> to them. Marriage looks different to them. Sex looks different to them. Um, and, and it, in a lot of cases for people in the community who are teenagers and their, you know, their hormones are crazy and they're, tr- they're coming of age and they're figuring out what sexuality is and, and what theirs is and in, in, inside of that spectrum, um, you cannot teach them sex education or lessons of love the same way that you do uh, straight people. And a lot of times, um, you know, the, the those of us in the community don't have an educator or an ally or someone out there who can give us the, the sex ed talk or the love talk from the perspective of a person who is also in the community. Um, we don't have a lot of queer, um, non gender, non-conforming, non-binary, um, educators out there for young people. Um, or we didn't when I was in, when I was coming of age, it would have been great to hear stories about love and sex and that sort of thing from somebody who was in the community. Um, and to learn about, you know, (laughs) my body from the perspective of, a, a a gay man as opposed to learn about my body and my hormones and my um my emotions and what it is that I feel and all that sort of thing from the perspective of a cisgender straight guy I I it, it's not the same it's not the same there I I, I completely advocate for more uh queer people to be in spaces to teach sex ed in you know schools that allow it and from the perspective of a gay man or woman or trans man or trans woman because again it is different and i know it might seem a little nuanced but um (laughs) i think that you help to reduce the instances of um hiv transmission and other stis um when you empower um, queer kids from a very young age and let them know that their bodies are not strange, um, what they feel for, um, you know, other people as far as romance go, it isn't weird. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, And they learn to be more empowered and more uh, self-accepting and don't listen to the first thing, the first person who you know, calls them cute says. (laughs) And a lot of times, you know, the people who grew up uh, or came of age at a certain period of time spend a lot of time influencing young people in the wrong ways about love and sex because they don't know any better. And to them, it's like the whipping, it's like the, 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 the whipping, uh, theory, where people go, well, I got whipped and I turned out fine. Did you? <laughs> Did you turn out fine? Because there's a whole generation of kids who, um, you know, are now uh, heavily medicated adults and trying to get through certain aspects of PTSD and 
and and get through um you know um um body image issues and that sort of thing and it all comes from being treated like slaves <laughs> like i find it one of the most damaging things in the black community um that we continue to whip children the way that slave owners whipped our ancestors and like there's a couple of things that white people get passed down to um us and one of them was the word nigger and the other one was whippings and we continue to make that a part of our our culture and and something that we do not in and, and under the under the guise of sparing the rod or hating our children, and I don't think that um, it literally means to not spank, to, to not spank your child means that you hate them. Um, psychologically, I think that spanking your child does mean that you hate them in a certain way, or you hate their actions, or you hate the way that they present. And um, so, no, you're not okay. You're not okay just because you got spanked. So. When you come and you say, oh, well, you know, this is what I was taught about sex and love and blah, 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 blah. And this was the first guy that I ever had sex with. And I was 15 when and blah, blah, blah. And I'm okay. And that's all right. And, uh, no, you're not okay. <laughs> you're not okay. You didn't have somebody who... Um, you didn't have somebody who had your best interests at heart teaching you about what sex and love was. You had somebody who was trying to get you into bed, teach you what sex and love was, and you may not be, um, you, you may be a fully formed adult now, but at some point you were a scary kid who wasn't confident in themselves and wasn't confident in their own body and didn't know what sex was. And uh, somebody brought you to that way too early and didn't care about uh didn't care enough about you, but it's time for you to be different. It's time for all of us, all of us uh, who are in the community to be different and, um, and, and, and teach uh, queer kids that it is okay to go through puberty as well. And when you do, it's going to look and feel different. And when you fall in love, it's going to look and in some cases feel different. And when you have sex, it is 100% going to be different. Your body is different. It's beautiful and it's functional and it's still human, but it is different. And you have to learn that from people who've been there. And so, yeah, that's my discussion on love. Hey, it's Watch This. So I uh, I didn't watch a lot of things on TV, if I'm being quite honest. Um, I did catch up on some of you. I watched a couple more episodes of that. Um, I don't care yet, but it's still, uh, like I said, it's still like Dexter Light or something. You know, it's like, meh. Um, the Punisher is continuing to be excellent, um, and um, I had to catch that in short spurts because it makes me want to drive fast and punch walls um, I, whenever I see action-y things like that. So, uh, but 
Um, it also makes me want to learn, uh, you know, jujitsu or Kav McGraw, whatever the fuck he, he's doing in, in that show, uh, just for his self-defense reasons and because it looks cool. Also, um, I uh, kind of stalled on Future Man. For, for It's a little bit weird, the show. So I stalled on it for a minute. And I'll, I'll start watching that again. Um, I did. I did um watch the Firefest documentaries i think i just mentioned that um i it, um billy mcfarland is i anytime that like there's a a a schemer or a scam artist or a con artist or uh, anytime someone gets their just due then i am all for it as far as i'm concerned a bunch of rich people being scammed out of their money um is um you know the least of the problem with the fire fest um and most most more so the um impact on the uh, uh on the locals was the 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 biggest part that the, the the most egregious part of the scam that was the fire fest so um i give a shit more about those people than I do uh, any other rich assholes who decided to um, follow the Pied Piper off a cliff. I don't care. I don't care. This guy put this entire quote-unquote festival together in like such a short period of time that it's like I like they start booking like larger festivals than that way ahead of time. <laughs> And this was supposed to happen on an island, like a part of the world that has some of the, the tropical part of the world has some of the most unpredictable weather, especially in the summer. I don't get why, <laughs> like you thought that this was a good idea, but all right, cool. You're going to, you're going to fucking prison, you know, that's, and that's where you should be. Um, the good place... Okay, so now Eleanor is uh, posing uh, as the architect of The Good Place because Michael is uh, feeling inadequate. Um, And she's not doing a bad job. It's weird. I mean, like, you know, of course, uh, this past, I mean... So there's this little, little bit of spoilery stuff that I can't really give away. Anyway... Uh, but it's a very kind of heart-wrenching episode towards the end. Um, Gotham. Yes! Let me tell you something. Gotham has been one uh, consistently one of my favorite shows since it premiered. And I know a lot of people at the beginning of it had their issues with it. And throughout the series have their issues with it. And I don't think anybody who is part of the fandom doesn't have one or two issues with the show and certain plot points and certain plot holes. Um, but all in all, it's a well-crafted show. It's well-directed. It's well-acted. Um, I think that it is not as faithful to the mythology of Batman as some other um, Gotham City set um, projects. However, I don't think that was the point of Gotham. The point of Gotham was to tell the story of Gotham from the law enforcement's perspective or Jim Gordon's perspective, as opposed to telling it from 
Bruce Wayne's perspective or the vigilante perspective. And I think that when you do that, that you get two different kinds of stories. So it not syncing up to Batman lore or Batman canon perfectly to me, it's fine uh, because it's being, because it's a story that's being told through uh, uh, Jim Gordon's lens. So, um, it's never really bothered me that it's slightly different or in some cases very different um, than, than the, than the Batman mythology. So um, let's see. I, and I, I didn't watch much of anything else, guys. I'm sorry. I tried actually, but a lot of stuff didn't come on. I'll talk about what I didn't watch the Super Bowl. Fuck y'all. Fuck the NFL. That's it. <laughs> I like I I don't first of first of all, let me let me let me say this. Um the Saints didn't make it to the Super Bowl and everybody's talking about the call heard around the world. I don't give a fuck about the call. What I didn't want in my life is for the New Orleans Saints to have played a Super Bowl game in Atlanta, not against the Falcons. One, because, you know, they can't technically do that. But in Atlanta, no. Number two, what I don't need is for the New Orleans Saints to win a Super Bowl in Atlanta. So I'm all good with the call. (laughs) call don't bother me none and i would watch that call get made 15 more times as long as it meant that the new orleans saints did not play and or win a super bowl in atlanta y'all got me fucked up um although again i heard that the super bowl halftime show this year was um Kind of like uh, making out with a bowl of cold oatmeal. It was just gross and kind of sticky, but mostly cold. And I don't know, man. Um, Maroon 5 is not my least favorite band on earth. And I don't fault them for doing the uh, halftime show. Um, Somebody had to do it. And... Or no one had to do it. I don't know. But them doing it didn't, I I don't think, means that they don't support um, the, that they they are for, you know, police brutality and and against uh, people of color. I don't think that that, that's what that means necessarily. They saw opportunity for a paycheck and they went after it. I, I, I don't blame them for that. But um, if you, in the face of, you know, protests from other artists and other artists that you've worked with, like Rihanna, like Cardi B, um, in the face of those artists turning it down for those reasons, I would have maybe thought that you guys would have um, had a little bit uh, or, or, or a little bit more respect for the decisions not to do it and not do it, but you did it. It's whatever. It's the big, yet it's a huge platform. So there's, I mean, you know, and again, like this Super Bowl was the lowest rated Super Bowl in quite some time. It's also the lowest scoring Super Bowl in quite some time. 
Um, and then Maroon 5 did the halftime show. So all around, the big game was the medium game. It was the mediocre game. So, um, and outside of that, fuck the Patriots um, as well. Fuck y'all for winning a Super Bowl in Atlanta after what happened with Atlanta and the Super Bowl that they played against y'all in. Fuck y'all. Fuck y'all. Fuck Tom Brady. Fuck Bill Belichick. Fuck the Patriots. Fuck y'all. Anyway, um, I am going to take a quick break and then I will be back. Ooh, okay. So, uh, real quick, this isn't going to take long. Ralph Northam, uh, governor of Virginia, you can bring your silly ass over here and sit the fuck down. Listen, <laughs> it's not just you, but it's you and it's people like you. It's you who, uh, and you're not even the first politician this year to be called out for blackface or within the last 12 months to be called out for blackface. <sighs> um, I, I need to, uh, uh, Ralph, if you don't mind, if you can do me a favor and, and I'm going to just, I'm going to just talk to you, but I'm going to let you spread this throughout um, all of whiteness. <clears throat> just get get on the the, the 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 white bat phone or whatever it is however y'all get messages out to each other the very next one of you who i personally see doing blackface i am it's on site that's it it's on site now i'm, I'm gonna preface a lot of this oh i'm gonna preface this by just, say, just saying a couple of things there is or there was an ignorance to the way that blackface is or or what blackface is to black people and to black people it is a it it's a reminder of a time where we weren't good enough to walk through the front entrances of white establishments to entertain them we weren't good enough to sit at the same you know lunch counters and booths as white people uh or drink out of the same water fountains like it's not it's like that that ideal of blackface comes from that era and so for us there is a little bit of there there there's not a little bit it's a it's a complete uh, show of respect and reverence for something that was so damaging to so many black people, and and so for white people to continue to do things like blackface um, in in this day and age, um, it's completely ridiculous. Now, have ha, has your boy been caught out there? Absolutely, absolutely. I had one one Halloween where a friend of mine who is uh, white presenting or white passing is definitely Brazilian, uh, dressed up as Sam Jackson from Pulp Fiction. And I dressed up as John Travolta, uh, from Pulp Fiction. Neither one of these con costumes were a good idea. <laughs> uh, because I, as a white man, uh, as a black man cannot dress up as a white man and a be convincing B, uh, 
experience any sort of or make or make uh, fun of satirically the the quote unquote plight. <laughs> I'm sorry the 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 plight or the privilege of white men. Like I can't ever understand that from the perspective of a white man. From a black man, I can understand what that what that looks like, and what that usually looks like is the uh, oppression of or the holding down of black people and 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 people of other color colors as well. But um, it, it it seems as though it. it if you come from another uh, country or are another uh, culture, um, as long as you assimilate to whiteness as a um, show or a way of making white people comfortable with you and your, uh, and your heritage or your, your traditions, um, then you're fine. But you can't even do that as a black person in this country. And so dressing up as black, dressing up in black face uh, is a complete mockery of the, um, uh, of what black people have been through for centuries <laughs> in this country. And I do mean more than one 100 year period. So <laughs> centuries in this country. So, um, w- the, the idea of dressing up in blackface or brownface or to a certain degree, uh, black people dressing up as white people. Although that's again, never going to be like, we're never going, what are we, what are we running the risk of like getting better housing or better job or higher credit score? Uh, (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm not sure what we, what, 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 what we're doing here, but okay. Um, Dressing up in blackface is the number one way to get your ass whooped by black people in 2019 and beyond. So if you are thinking about dressing up in blackface, I'm going to tell you right now, this is the last year. Uh, last year was the last time you were forgiven. This year it's on site. So if I do see you in makeup or that on your face that changes the color of your skin to somebody else's race, ethnicity, background in order to make fun of them or to wear them as a costume and completely ignore uh, the what that means politically, emotionally. Um, it's on site, bitch. <laughs> That's it. It is on site. So... Um, get ready. I like, get you start taking your MMA classes now. Do whatever you got to do. I'm telling you right now. If I see you in blackface, if I do not make your life hell online, I will make your life hell in real life. So Ralph Northam, um, fuck you. I don't know you, girl. And your pathetic excuse of your black friend had to explain why blackface was bad to you. Um, and then admitting that you actually did that, that while it wasn't you in the picture, that was a white man in blackface next to a white man in a KKK, uh, uniform. Well, you said neither one of those of you, you did admit to dressing up in blackface. Cause I guess you didn't want somebody to find that quote unquote, Michael Jackson appearance. And you just put a little bit of shoe polish on your cheek. Still blackface, my dude. Um, you're still racist as fuck. Yes, you do need to step down. 
and uh, admit that what you did was horrible, uh, reprehensible, and you don't deserve to be governor of a state um, that has that many black people who are populated in it. So, <laughs> um, I'm going to give another I don't know her <laughs> to real quick. Um, on YouTube, there is a page or channel or person. It's called LGBT Top List. Now, I'll explain why I don't I'll explain why I don't know these bitches. So, first of all, LGBT your name LGBT Top List. You're you're missing a whole lot of other letters, and not having those letters <laughs> is. Uh, exclusionary of those letters of the Q of the I and of the A. Um, that's whatever. Don't care. You have a list on YouTube called the 20 hottest openly gay celebrities in 2018. Now I get this is last year and 2.5 million people have seen this trash ass video. If you thought that any one of those 20 hottest male gay, openly gay celebrities uh, was a openly gay celebrity of color. You are openly gay wrong. Uh, none of them are. They're all white or white passing uh, or white presenting. Now, why do I say white passing or white presenting? Uh, Wentworth Miller is on the list. Now, I'm pretty sure when this person made the list, they probably weren't aware that Wentworth Miller is actually half black. His father is Jamaican. So it, knowing that, uh, I, they absolutely chose him because he was a white, he's a white passing or white presenting person. Um, I don't give a shit particularly about these lists, to be honest. Like, they're vapid, they're stupid. But the problem with them is that they perpetrate. They, 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 I'm sorry. They, uh, they portray uh, a, an image of what gay is in America, and it all looks very white. <laughs> it all looks very white with blonde hair and blue eyes. Um, none of it is uh, of color or trans or. You know, none of the men were trans. None of the men were uh, of any color at all, except for Wentworth Miller. And Ricky Martin, who, again, is a white Puerto Rican. <laughs> he is a white-presenting, white-passing Puerto Rican man. So um, your standard of what is and who is beautiful is completely distorted and one-sided and racist. Be, it's it's not it, when you don't validate the uh the beauty of asian men or the beauty of black men or the beauty of you know deep deep dark skinned you know <laughs> south american central american people then what you're doing essentially is like leaving us out of a conversation that is as innocuous and 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 lighthearted as you know who who wore it best like we like to be included in things like that because of the sheer fact that we exist in the world 
That's it. We exist in the world. If you don't particularly think that black people or brown people or Asian people or or indigenous American people are beautiful, then maybe you should hold a poll and have other people make that decision for you. That way you don't actually have to make that decision. But the decision that you did decide to make was to uh, list 20 white men as the most beautiful out gay men. And it's simply not true. So... Um, fuck y'all. Your channel is trash. That list is trash. Um, do better. Start acknowledging that beauty comes in all forms and colors and the rainbow that represents the gay community should represent lists like this as well. So, um, it, what you guys, uh, are trash. You suck. Fuck y'all. Um, get at me if you got a fucking problem with it. Um, but I left a comment on your page calling you out anyway, so I don't give a fuck. Anyway, I'm going to take a quick break and I will be right back. So that was the Backstreet Boys and their single Don't Go Breaking My Heart from their new album, DNA. So uh, let me just explain something to you guys. When when I was a kid, I was definitely a Backstreet Boys fan. That is not to say that I wasn't an NSYNC fan. I definitely was an NSYNC fan as well. But if there was any question uh, as to whether or not the Backstreet Boys were... Uh, my favorite boy band uh, of the 90s. Um, I literally, I think I bought their first three albums plus the Greatest Hits album. And I've heard the rest of them, but um, there's only a couple of those that I like. Um, I love DNA. DNA is such a great sort of almost throwback to like 90s, um, 90s R&B a little bit, um, but very much like rooted in this kind of um, electronic dance um, genre as well. And um, I don't think that I've heard the Backstreet Boys harmonies sound so together ever. It is a phenomenal album and the songwriting is so good um and that song don't go breaking my heart um i each each of the backstreet boys who have a lead part on the song puts so much um kind of uh put so much energy and and punch into um their verse on the song that they all stand out and that's one of the great things about the album is that they all get a chance to stand out on the album even howie (laughs) um you're gonna have to listen to nobody else for that um 
and also No Place. I mean, not nobody else. You had to listen to No Place for that. Um, there's only two songs on the album that I don't like. Um, I don't really like uh, number nine, which is Chateau, or uh, number 11, which is just like I like it, uh, or just like you like it. Uh, but uh, the rest of, literally the rest of the album is, um, it is perfect. It's, this is the album didn't have those two songs on it. It would, it would be perfect. Um, nobody else is, is a great song, but, um, songs like breathe and, uh, passionate and, uh, is it just me are all bangers. And it's, and that's one of the things it's like, this is, it's really an album full of bangers, but, uh, but grown up. Like, gone are the backstreaks back days. Gone are the larger than life days. Gone are the, you know, and they've been gone for a while. I get it. The Backstreet Boys have been on a really, um, have been on a kind of an adult contemporary uh, path for quite some time. Uh, but this album is, this album is grown. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, their other albums are definitely adult contemporary albums, the ones after uh, Black and Blue. But uh, this is the first one that I've heard that is grown. So uh, good job, Backstreet Boys. This is an amazing album. I, I listened to it, I think, five times um, <laughs> since Monday. And it came out on uh, January 25th, um, which um, I don't think Title posted it on the day it came out. So get your shit together, Title. Um, but uh, I highly, highly, highly recommend DNA by uh, Backstreet Boys. Go out and listen to it. Play it in your car. Play it on a date. Um, it's amazing. All right, kids, that's the show. Thank you so much for listening once again. Um, again, happy Black History Month. Uh, those of you out there who... Um, really want to get your family involved in Black History Month, it really all you got to do is Google Black History Month and then search news or something. Um, I challenge all of you parents out there uh, to do this. And it's not, this is not just for uh, black parents. It's, it, it's definitely for black parents, but also uh, some of you parents out there who are not black and who have children who may not be, um, as informed or educated on the contributions of uh, some of the black people who have come, bef- come uh, before them um, and paved the way for them as Americans, uh, not just as black Americans, um, just a-, a few people who they may want to take a look at. Now, I um, grew up very uh, in a very sort of um, creative space where, you know, I was encouraged to write and um and in some cases to sing and i don't know why anybody would ever want to hear that but um i grew up in a musical family and a sports centric family family and i was in theater and i wrote and so most of my influences are artists or or or, uh or philosophers and speakers and that sort of thing so this is just sort of a list of people to check out, um, some of them are obvious. First two are going to be Oprah Winfrey uh, and uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, who are two of the most, um, I think, uh, 
in in their of their generations they are two of the most influential people um and oprah continues to be dr martin luther king continues to be as well um ava duvernay filmmaker um she uh most recently directed uh 13 and a wrinkle in time um, not only is she, uh, a, uh, female, uh, filmmaker, a female director, she's also a black female director and those are even more scarce than female directors. Um, Denzel Washington, one of the most decorated black actors around, um, Queen Serena Williams, um, the greatest athlete, the greatest living athlete on earth. Um, I mentioned Cory Booker and Kamala, Har- and Kamala Harris. Sorry, uh, uh, earlier. Um, please, uh, dear, just they, they both have amazing, inspiring stories that I think are important to the fabric of American history and not just Black history. Um, Viola Davis, uh, brother Malcolm X. Malcolm X is another controversial, but. Um, also very, very important figure in, um, what shaped the lives of black Americans as we know them today. Uh, Shonda Rhimes, obviously, uh, Michael Jordan, um, who is one of the, um, most, and not, and not just as, not just in sports, but in business, he's one of the most successful basketball players ever. Um, Toni Morrison, who is my, one of my all-time favorite authors ever. Um, again, I would read anything she wrote on the back of a paper towel. I, 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 <laughs> she's, she's a genius. Um, also, Michelle Obama, our first black um, first lady of the United States of America, who... In her eight years as First Lady of, uh, of the United States, refused to be seen as just a figurehead or seen in a figurehead position. She actually um, did a lot of work getting children with, with schools to get children more active, to get healthier food and healthier um, lunches into schools and to change over the overall thought of uh, the eating habits of American children to try to create a healthier, um, uh, a, a healthier population. So um, uh, Jackie Robinson, baseball player, um, Shirley, Chis- Shirley Chisholm, um, who was a congresswoman, Jay-Z, the greatest rapper alive, um, the uh, uh, James Baldwin, who is my other favorite author of all time, and um, also uh, also a queer black man, Maya Angelou, who was a poet and novelist and also an actress. Um, Richard Pryor, one of the greatest stand-up comedians to ever hit a stage. Um, those are people to look out for and there's also other people like madam cj walker george george washington carver uh frederick douglas um sir jordan truth marcus garvey diana ross 
Aretha Franklin. I could go on. <laughs> um, challenge your children to look up some of these very important black men and women and challenge them to see themselves in their greatness and see themselves in their accomplishments and to strive for that in their own lives. Um, and a banana shout out section, um, shout out to, uh, new friends and yeah, that's all I'll say. Uh, I ain't got to sign off cause I don't have a sign off. Bye.